Hey, this is Britt Vargas, and I am the High School Ministry Associate Director at Calvary Community Church here in Westlake Village, California. And this is our HSM podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out today. I hope this encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, how are you guys? Can you hear me? Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm excited. If you do not know me, my name is Britt, and I get to serve here at high school, and I'm really excited. Do I want a mic? Oh, sure. Funny story, during the 11 a.m., oh, thanks. During the 11 a.m., I realized there's a hole um, right in the middle of a sentence, so it was great. Um, Thank the Lord for ankle stability. Anyways... Well, I'm super excited to be here. Um, And we are jumping into week two of our series we're calling Citizen Culture, hence the outfit. Um, So who's excited about this moment where we get to shape our culture? Like, think about it. If you like thought of 2019, if you were a freshman 2019, how different HSM looks like now right? Because we have faced so many challenges. Can we just be honest? So many challenges, so many changes. And yet I know that each one of you can realize what God is doing in your life. Like there's good things that are still happening. And so what I want us to realize is we're doing this series for us to kind of refresh our minds and our memories on the call that God has on our life as a church, as a ministry, as a people of God. And so I loved it because Last week, we opened up this series looking through the book of Ephesians, and Pastor Aaron was talking about being gospel-minded, like being gospel-centered, meaning that this is a moment where we have to be focused on Jesus and the beautiful thing that he did for our lives. And so my hope tonight is that we continue on. Oh, I'm so not used to a string. (laughs) That we continue on in this series, realizing that culture is important. Culture is a moment that we get to create together. Like Aaron and I can say things for a million times, but unless we as a people decide that these are important to us, there's no change that's going to happen. Like I think about the times that I started here at Calvary. So I did not grow up in this area. I did not go to Calvary. I came out here because I went to Cal Lutheran and I was studying to be a teacher. And there was this moment where I was still going to college here, but connected to my church back in LA where I grew up, uh, friends that I've had for years. And one of the things that I realized was this culture that Calvary has. Like, can I tell you, I grew up in a very small church. So numbers alone were like crazy to me. When I first started coming here in 2017, I started going to the young adult service. And I kid you not, had gone to three. Like three of them, they met here in the high school room. And I just remember going in and sitting in the very back, not talking to a single soul, and literally like running out the door once everyone said amen and the benediction. And I was like out of there. And for me, I knew that there was something really cool about this church. 
like something was drawing me back to this church. But being the introvert myself, like it was really hard to kind of step into that. And it wasn't until that third YA service that I attended was when a, a leader came up and they were doing announcements and they were talking about this opportunity where young adults can go serve in high school. And they're like, we know it's last minute, but we need two leaders to come to a high school summer camp next weekend. And I just remember having this moment with Jesus being like, this is your moment. Like I had just left my other church because I felt God was calling me to the Caneo Valley. I had no reason why. And when this stranger got up on stage and called this out in announcements, it really just spoke to my heart. Like I can't remember what Brian Howard said that night. I, I bet it was something super full of truth. But it was this moment where I realized I need to step in. Like I know that there's something really cool that is happening at this church. But the only way that I get to be a part of it is if I make a courageous step. And so what I did is I literally introduced myself to that stranger that was doing an announcements. If you know at all, Devin Cosmala, that was the lady <laughs> that I was like, hi, you don't know me. But like, um, if you need anyone, like, it's OK if you don't like I, I know you don't know me, like all the excuses in the book. And then what she was like, oh, OK, like we would love to like come meet Brian Howard. And at that time I was like wait, the guy that was on stage, like he's super scary. And I just remember it was like this fumbled moment where I probably like said things wrong and just was like, ah, inside. And he took my phone number and then he was like, I'll call you, we'll set up a meeting. Come to find out a week later, I'm on a bus with a bunch of high school students. And I was terrified, <laughs> okay, terrified. Let's be honest, I was terrified. Um, I was this height, I'm actually wearing heels, so I'm like 5'2", dealing with you guys, terrifying, okay? And, and so it was this moment where when I started to serve with other leaders in high school ministry, that's where I stepped into the culture of high school ministry, of the culture of young adults, of Calvary as a whole church. And for me, one thing that always stuck out was that Jesus came first. Like beyond it all, beyond the lights, like I never grew up with all of this tech, like crazy. Like we didn't even have an Instagram, like we had Facebook maybe. Um, but it was one of those moments where I'm like, man, we have all of these things. And yet Jesus is so centered in everything that we do here at Calvary. And that's part of the culture. And so what I think it's so important is we're spending the next three weeks, well, two weeks, with this series because we want to be people who, who beyond just us in high school, realize there's a culture we're setting. Like there's citizenship that you have when you call yourself a follower of God. And that's a citizenship of heaven. So I really love that we get to wear these sweatshirts and I hope they're just, you know, beyond something cool that I got to design. But it's a really a message, a conversation starter that if you're wearing this around, like I know that I have my church shirt and there's so many times that I've had a conversation with like the old Navy like sales rep or like the person in the grocery store and they just have a conversation. And it's so cool that if I wasn't wearing that, I probably wouldn't have a conversation about Jesus in the middle of Old Navy, right? And so my hope is that we not only have really cool swag, but that it's a moment where we get to really 
um, internalize this culture that God sets before us. And so we're going to continue on in Ephesians uh, chapter 2. So if you have your iPhone or your phone, if you're an Android, I'm sorry, or you have a Bible, <laughs> we're going to be in Ephesians 2 in verse 1. And what we really want to do is kind of go through these first 10 verses in this chapter and really look through the lens tonight of what it means to be heaven-minded people. Because not only are we supposed to be people who are gospel-centered, but we're people who are heaven-minded. Meaning that we understand that this is just a sneeze of a moment. I remember my middle school pastor would always explain visually, like, I'm just a visual learner in general. And so it just stuck with me when I, we were talking about eternity. And eternity and abstract stuff with middle schoolers is like, phew like over the head. But I loved it because he, he made it a, a visual for me. And as a 30-year-old, have yet to forget. So what he, he said, he's like, Britt, if you could imagine eternity, if we took everyone in this crowd and had them stand hand in hand, and then the very first, last person, like extends their hand and then looks at their fingernail. He goes, that fingernail re represents your life here on earth. Like he was like, it's like a sneeze. It's here and it's gone. But sometimes we hold so much weight in this time because we aren't heaven minded. Realizing that eternity was like everyone else in that line plus a million more. And so what we have to realize is that when we are people that are heaven minded, it means that our uh, hope is strapped to something that is greater than what is here on earth. And so we're going to look at verse 1, really unpacking what it looks like to be people who are heaven-minded. Verse 1 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among who all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of um, the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Whoa, that was a lot. What I love about Ephesians, it's one of my favorite books, is that it's jammed packed. So preference, we're not going to go through everything, but we're going through the lens of heaven-minded. So the first thing that jumps out to me is in verse 1, where it, it says dead in the trespasses and sins. For us, we have to realize that it is saying that we are dead because of our sins. Like the nature that we have is dead. And you're like, wait, what? I'm like, anyone who doesn't believe and have faith in Jesus is dead. And you're like, wait, there's somebody in my math class that doesn't believe in Jesus. They're not dead. What does that mean? It means that what, what Jesus is referring to, what God is referring through through Paul is the fact that spiritually you're dead. Spiritually, because of your sin, it separates you from God. Like there's no way for you to have a relationship with the creator of the universe because of your sin. I think we fall into this trap so many times where we've glamorized sin or, or that we dismissed sin, or there's expected sin. And we can sit here and be honest and realize, okay, all of us here are sinners, right? We can be honest in that. We can be vulnerable in that. We are all sinners. 
But what we sometimes do is we give points or like a grid to certain sins versus other sins. Like a white lie versus murder. We're like, that sin, I mean, he could get away with it, right? You know, a white lie, lying to your parents, not saying the truth. Like that's, that's not, it's a sin. I, I'll, I'll agree with you that, but it's not that bad. Comparative to murder. But what we realize in this writing, in this first section, is that when we sin, God sees it, and every single time in the Bible says it equals death. I think for us, when we look at the word trespasses, literally gives this um, notation that we have missed the mark, because that's what, that's what sin is missing the mark on what Jesus has for our lives. And so when we're in this moment, we realize that there's moments that we have crossed the boundary of what God has for us. And so we even say, like, it's talking about Satan here when it talks about um, the children of wrath. Like, this is heavy stuff. And so if we're looking through the lens of being heaven-minded people, we have to realize that heaven-minded people understand the significance of their sin. Like understanding the burden and the weight that it has on your life. Like when we sin, that breaks God's heart. Like can you think about a moment where somebody said they were disappointed in you and how that felt? Like that, that is just a small fraction to what happens when we enter into sin. And so if we're going to be heaven-minded people, if we're going to create this culture, this citizenship culture that's focused on Jesus, we have to first understand our need for him, our need for a savior, our need for a Lord in our life. I think a lot of times we talk about Jesus in the way that he saved us and that's beautiful, but then sometimes we shy away from the part that he's then our Lord as well. Meaning that he dictates the boundaries that we have on our life. Because we look in, in verse one, it says, you once walked, meaning that you walked a certain way and now because of Christ in your life, you walk differently. Like when it says you once walked, you have this moment and you have to realize, man, my life has to look different. When we read the Bible, I, I say it's supposed to transform us because I know that Jesus is so much deeper than just a behavior modification. Jesus is transformative in our life. Like I think sometimes when we think, oh, well, I went to church, you know, four times this month. I went to small group. I prayed before a meal. I remembered to thank God for something that day. I think we get into this trap of thinking that God just wants us to be good people. Like it's just a behavior morale kind of path for us to follow. And yet it's so much deeper than that. And so what we have to realize is that we get adopted because we're slave to our sin. And so there's an adoption for us to realize that Jesus has done it for us. I think that it's this visual where we think of like a dead person in a coffin. <laughs> like they're comfortable there, right? They're going to stay there. They're not going to move, right? But when we say that you're alive in Christ, that means if we had an alive person in a coffin, would that be still comfortable? No. 
Like that would be a moment of terror for me if I found myself alive in a coffin. Like I would spend every single moment trying to get out of that, knowing that this is not somewhere that I belong in. It's the same way with our walk with Jesus is if we realize that we're dead in our sin, but when we turn and, and say, Jesus, I am yours, this is our moment that we're alive in a coffin and we have to walk in a different way. Like this moment is for us to realize that we just can't do what we used to do. I had a friend who used to always say, she goes, you know what, like <laughs> I used to do X, Y, and Z pre-salvation. Like that was pre-salvation myself. And I loved that because it always referred to the fact that she, yes, acknowledged that she walked that way. Like I think that sometimes we wanna hold on to this guilt and shame of the things that we uh, were a part of, the things that we said or did or thought. And then when we walk with Jesus, we were like, that never happened. But I love that this friend would acknowledge that and say, but that was pre-salvation. What she was referring to is the fact that when she had salvation in Jesus, she began to walk in a different way because she was transformed by what he was doing within her heart. I think it's important for us to realize uh, that the first three verses of this passage are heavy, are like really, really challenging to wrap our heads around. But this verse four is where I just get goosebumps every single time. And so if you have a Bible, underline these two words, but God. Verse four, it says, but God. Like every single time that you were considered a a child of wrath, that you were considered to have um, this sinful nature, we see in verse four, the but God being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us. See, heaven-minded people live and love like Jesus out of the overflow. You see, because it doesn't say anywhere in this verse, but God, and then you did a, a really good job of following all the things, you never sinned. No, what does it say? But God being rich in mercy and his great love. And so we get to walk being alive in Christ and heaven-minded is because of what God did, not because of what we did or what we can do, because if we could earn our own salvation, there would be no need for church, there would be no need for Jesus, there would be no need for the Bible, like, because we got it all on our own. And so verse four is really highlighting that because of what God did and because of his character of having rich mercy. Like how many times can you think of just in the last hour that God got to give you mercy for? What about in the last day, in the last week? That we get to realize that God showers us in his mercy because that's who he is. I don't know about any of you, but... I read this book called Gentle and Lowly. It is, I think, my favorite book of 2021. It's great, it's great. And so what I realize is that my salvation is tethered to Jesus because of who he is. And so sometimes there's phrases that we say all the time. Like if anyone says like, hey, how are you? What's your response? I'm good, thanks, how are you, right? We say it even though we hadn't stopped and even maybe pondered, like, how are you? 
And, and so sometimes in the Christian world, we do the same thing with the phrase, God is love. Because sometimes we visualize like God in whatever he looks like to you and like love on the side. Or like he's like draped in love. And, and so what I love is in this book, it has a passage really showing us what God is meaning when he says God is love. Listen to this. Jesus walked the earth, rehumanizing the dehumanized and cleansing the unclean. Why? Because his heart refused to let him sleep in. Sadness confronted him in every town. So wherever he went, whenever he was confronted with pain and longing, he spread the good contagion of his cleansing mercy. Thomas Goodwin said, Christ is love covered over in flesh. Picture it, pulling back the flesh of a Stepford Wives or the Terminator and you'll find machine. Pull back the flesh on Christ and you'll find love. If compassion clothed itself in a human body and went walking around this earth, what would it look like? Well, we don't have to wonder. I love that. I love the fact that we can be alive in Christ because God is love. Like I always imagine those cookies that have the Oreos inside and basically you just take like chocolate chip cookie dough and you just like surround an Oreo in it. And so like it's a cool surprise when you bite into a cookie because you don't even realize that the Oreo is there until you've taken the first bite. That's what it means to be in Christ. To be alive in him is that you are surrounded totally with God alone. So I love that we get to find so much hope in God. Verse 5 continues on. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ so that the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. Jesus paid it all. Jesus did what we couldn't do for our own selves. Jesus stepped in our way to be able to help us repair the relationship that we have. I always think about this, like think about the fanciest restaurant you've ever been. Like the fanciest like seven course meal where it's like appetizer three and you're already full. But like the prices are insane. Like it is your first paycheck plus three more. Like you imagine that and you're having this feast, you're enjoying every moment of it. And then it comes time to pay the bill. You've already completed everything. And then you realize you forgot your wallet. You forgot your wallet so you no longer could pay for what you've enjoyed. You can no longer pay for what you've eaten. And this is a too fancy of a restaurant for you to go back in the cooking section and, and wash some dishes on that behalf. Like that, the bill for that is too costly. 
And then some man comes out of nowhere, hands you a credit card and says, you know what, I got this. You know what, can you pay for everyone in this restaurant? Can you cover it all? And that's God's grace over our life. Like God steps into this moment and he's not a God that just says, you know what, I'm gonna give you just enough grace so you can skirt by. No, we get to be heaven-minded people because we are working in understanding that God gives us more than we desire. More grace and mercy because he's rich in it. And so when we are heaven-minded people, we live in love like him because of this overflow. And realizing we're also heaven-minded people because we realize resurrection and reconciliation come through Jesus alone. There was no way we could have paid for that bill. Even if we tried, if we tried over and over again to be perfect, what God isn't calling us to be is perfect people. He's calling us to be progressing people. And I know for myself, like this verse always gets me because I'm a person who likes to strive. Anyone, so at the 11 a.m., some people knew, but has anyone heard of the Enneagram before? Yes, okay, so I, if you don't know anything about it, it's a personality scale, it's one to nine, and literally you take a test on Google, and then it tells you your number, and then I, I just remembered taking it for the first time, reading the description on like your childhood dreams, and like your deepest desire, and I just felt like someone just snatched my middle school journal and was like exposing me to the world. And so if you know anything about it, I'm a three, which means I love to achieve. Like there is not a moment in my life that it is not a competition for me, okay? I'm the oldest of four people in my family, four siblings, and there's always this moment where I need to be the best. I need to always have a to-do list. I need to continue to get a gold star. Like I was that kid in the classroom. And so for me, when I look at this verse, I, I want to have the to-do list. I want to check it off that I've gone to church. I, I want to be like, I go to a small group. I have a mentor. I'm reading the Bible in a year. Like, I want to be that person. And then I read this again. For it's grace that you've been saved through faith. It's not by your own works, so you can't boast. Because I fall into that trap, and I don't know if I'm alone in this, but falling into the trap of maybe not enoughness. There's so many times, like, I, I could stand here and be like, back in high school, like, that was a long time ago, okay? J just in all honesty, I don't know if I, I understand what it means to be a high schooler now. Like, during a pandemic, during this time where literally you can access the whole entire world, like, I didn't get my first phone until I was, like, a sophomore in high school. And so I know that there's a moment where comparison seeps in so deeply. And so many times that we want to compare ourselves to people in real life or people on um, our phones, whether it's social media platforms, whatever it looks like, the college you're trying to get into. And so what I love about this is that we get to realize that it is literally only by grace that God is so richly in and so delights in extending that we get to have salvation, that we get to be his. 
verse 8, For grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk with them. See, I hope that we create this culture in here where we're not just a holy huddle, right? A people that get together because we all have it together. Like the church is supposed to be a hospital for the people who are dead in their sins, for people who are struggling, who are sick, spiritually, mentally, whatever that looks like. And so I hope that we continue together to be a people that are heaven-minded, knowing that this time is the only time you can share Jesus. Have you ever thought about that? Like when we get to eternity, everyone will know about Jesus. Everyone will be celebrating and praising Jesus. This is the only time we get to experience telling people about Jesus, being Jesus to other people, and, and realizing, man, something's different about this people group. Something's different when I come into HSM and people are kind to me. Something's different when somebody actually asks me how I am and they actually want to know what it is. And so when we are heaven-minded, we're thinking about this moment where this is just a sneeze of a lifetime. And we get to be people who are eternity-minded, heaven-minded. Heaven-minded people see the beauty of God's grace because we get to experience this overflow of grace and realize it is a gift that is given to you every single day that it is not a moment where God is like Biggs you need grace again here you go like no he's like here is grace I have it like his his mercies are new every morning and so lastly, as the band comes up, I want us to realize that not only are we to live in love like Jesus because of the overflow, understanding um, the reconciliation and what God uh, did by sending his son, but knowing that heaven-minded people have heavenly hope. Because there's so many times where I've just looked at 2021, 2020, and being like, this sucked. This year was not the year that I wanted. Can I return it? How many times were we in a situation, we had no control, it was the absolute worst, it was super challenging, frustrating, like you had angry moments, sad moments, difficult moments, so much moments that you experienced depression, anxiety, whatever that looked like. But if we are gonna call ourselves heaven-minded people, it is because our hope is in heaven. Our hope is Jesus. And so maybe you've heard this message before that you're like, okay, Britt, I, I already knew that. I, I want us to be able to realize that and then be like, how can we as a people create HSM to be a culture that is heaven-minded, that has our hope tethered to Jesus? Because you know what? We're out here in the cold. Like, think about it. If you were here as a freshman in 2019, in 2020, maybe in the beginning of the year, and we were like jam-packed in there, like sometimes we want to hold on to that moment, but then we realize, despite everything that we've gone through, meeting out here, meeting on the lawn, like not meeting at all and only on live stream, and yet what one thing still prevailed through it all? And that was Jesus. 
Like our hope, if it is tethered strictly to Jesus, it has not budged, it will not move, nor will it ever move. Because if we have hope in everything else, it will disappoint us, it will frustrate us. We will not understand when we have a moment where we put our hope in something else. And so HSM, I hope that tonight as we worship, as you use the prayer wall, would you just be heaven-minded in the hope that you have? We're going to camp next week. We're going to spend time with Jesus together in the snow, in this beautiful place. Don't get sick. (laughs) But this is going to be a weekend where if you're coming with us, and if you're not signed up, you've got merely hours to sign up. But you get to spend a whole weekend where you get to talk to people. Like there's going to be people behind me that are coming, leaders, Aaron, myself, where we want to continue this conversation and realize that our hope has not been lost when it's tethered to the one who created us. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your character of your mercy and your grace over our lives, Lord. Lord, would we be people that worship you, that praise you, that love you, that walk with you, understanding that you delight in extending those things to us, Lord. So I pray over that heart that is having a hard time believing that. Lord, would you um, give them an opportunity to experience you in a new way, in a deeper way, Lord, whether it's at camp or tonight, whether it's a conversation, Lord, would they have ears and eyes to notice what you were doing in their life, Lord? Lord, we thank you again for the moments that you have given us the opportunity to realize that our hope has not been lost, Lord, because we are a heaven-minded people. Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this, don't forget to subscribe and also check out past episodes. For more content from Calvary HSM or to connect with us, visit us on Instagram at CalvaryHSM805. Go live and love like Jesus.